DJI release updates and rumors on Canadian Drone Hub. Got that coming up next. This morning I was a guest on Canadian Drone Hub. As always, it's a great place to come, bring your cup of coffee, sit back, relax, and to talk about drones. I gave my weekly DJI update along with several other items including DJI Action Camera Rumors, DJI Osmo Pocket Pro Rumors, DJI Inspire 3 Leak, DJI Spark Pro Update, DJI Hybrid Drone Update, DJI Getting Into the FPV Market, DJI Mavic 2 Enterprise and Enterprise Dual Cameras, the Paradinafi Thermal, the Paradinafi, the X-Dynamic Evolve, and much more. So let's go ahead and roll that clip right now. Okay. Hey, cool. Bill. How you doing? I'll shoot hey, good him morning, guys. Bill. 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 How's it going, Bill. guys? Bill. 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 <laughs> it's definitely not a good day to fly here in Florida. No, I know you have been having storms up there since yesterday. Mm. We got some high wind wind today, so. No go, huh? Yeah. Hey, Rope Kill in the house. Hey, Rope Kill. Oh. Kim, are you sick? <laughs> Kim, are you sick? <laughs> you don't want to go there. <laughs> A little off. Bill, okay. Bill, Bill, have you got any drone news for us? Yeah, I sure do. I got lots of news here this morning. Um, first off, okay, sure do. You're you're uh, you're you're listening to feedback, Bill. Yeah, I got it. I, I took care of that. Um, yeah, I do have some drone news here. Um, first off, uh, you probably um, I'm sure Bill Thomas probably talked to you guys. We had on um, Curtis Dart and the Drone Owners Network this week on uh, Bill Show. And uh, we talked about one of the questions that we asked. There's a lot of um, hubbub about DJI coming out with a um, an action cam. Well, um, it's our opinion um, from everything that we've heard that they're not coming out with an action cam, but they're going to come out with an upgraded DJI Osmo Pocket with a one-inch sensor. Now, I also heard from another contact of mine um, who's um, big in the camera industry. In fact, he works for um discovery network and he's telling me the same thing and i'm hearing that from several of my other contacts so um they're saying that that's that's the kind of camera that they're going to be coming out with here because there was a lot of hubbub about whether or not dji was you know about another camera coming out and everybody said well no it was this uh big complex um you know a kind of camera that's probably going to cost about 30 or forty thousand oh dollars no it's not that they said it's a smaller one user friendly and consumer friendly so i'm figuring you know uh, i did some checking and this is what i came up with so and i put out a video on this and the video was from our feed from the other night and curtis did a lot of the talking about it and what he said makes sense because what we did what he did was he went over you know the cycles in which dji releases drones like how they upgraded from a phantom 4 to a phantom 4 advanced to a phantom 4 pro um you know and in the release dates and things like that and they're very cyclical and it's very similar so that's that's the first bit of news that I have. The second bit of news that I have is 
this. The other night on Ken Heron's show, he had on um, Greg Coonert from Oz by Drone. And Greg was over at a DJI store over in Seoul, Korea. And as he was walking through the store, um, Greg was saying, you know, well, we can take a look at the Inspire 1, Inspire 2, and Inspire 3. Um, so this was a bit of piece. This was a big piece of news because I had been talking about it. And all my contacts are saying, yes, they're coming out with an Inspire 3, that it's going to be probably towards the latter part of this year is, is, is what I'm hearing. It's going to be smaller. It's going to be faster. It's going to have uh, better battery capacity. It's going to have better sensors, better camera options will be available for it. Um, or is everything that I know. Um, also, you know, open up your checkbook a little more because it is going to cost a lot more from what I'm hearing. So that, you know, th that was a piece of news that dropped the other night, which, which really kind of, you know, it did not catch me off guard. I knew it was coming. I just don't know when that's, that's the big thing. And the other one is, and this was, this has been confirmed by all my sources is they're coming out. They don't know what it's going to be called. Um, it's, you know, they're, they're, it's an upgrade to the spark. They don't know if they're going to call it a spark two or a spark pro. Um, and I don't know if you guys know this or not, but the spark right now, it has the fir the firmware in it to shoot 4k, but it's on a two axis gimbal. And that's the reason DJI didn't decide to go ahead and come out and say, you know what, we're going to go ahead and make the, the spark 4k. Well, on a two axis gimbal, it probably doesn't work real well. So what I expect to see on the Spark 2 or the Spark Pro is you're going to see the 4K. You're going to see they're going to upgrade it to like a three-axis gimbal. They're probably going to tweak the runtime a little bit. You're probably going to have new ESCs, quieter props. Um, I don't see a whole lot else changing from that because they want to keep that price point kind of low. A lot of people would ask me, oh, are they going to be going up with that new OcuSync 2.0? Well, from what Rick Smith told me from – um, Drone Valley, he said the board that have that for OcuSync, it, it takes a bigger platform, like a Mavic 2 can fit, fit it. Obviously, the Phantom 4 Pro V2.0 can fit it. It takes a bigger physical size of the drone to fit that board in it. And the Spark right now at that size can't do that. And they and that's another thing. They don't want to want to mess with this with the spark the way it is because that frame is very solid. And I know a lot of people who have crashed their sparks and have been able to get them back up in the air right away because of that frame, the way the frame is built. I mean, a lot of people are saying, well, you know, they need to do it like a Mavic Air and make it more compact and foldable and everything. Well, it would destroy, I think, the integrity of that frame. So that's, you know, that's the other piece of news that I heard. And this is coming from all sources. So, you know, I wouldn't be surprised that with this camera that they're coming out with and the Spark, they'll do a dual launch. Um, you know, they've done dual launches before. The Inspire 2 and the Phantom 4 Pro were, were a dual launch. That was out in Los Angeles because whenever they do releases in New York, they're geared toward consumers. Whenever they do releases out in Los Angeles, it's more geared toward, I'll say, maybe a prosumer market, but not necessarily, um, you know, more, more geared towards the film industry kind of a thing. I would say this kind of an event would probably be held in New York City. That's what they're famous for, um, for, for, for consumer events, because that kind of a camera and having that kind of, of a drone, that's more consumer oriented. And the timing is right, because the original Spark came out in May of 2017, and we're approaching a two-year point on, on the Spark. 
And I've also seen some other trends too, because I run a, I have a pretty large Spark group that I admin and the membership count is, is kind of down right now. It's not, I mean, I'm not, I'm, I'm getting people, but it's no more than one or two a day where I will have been getting five to 10 a day. It's around 2,500 people. So, um, you know, they need something to bump this up. And plus the other thing is, you know, DJI wants to dominate the market. I mean, you know, it's a known fact. They said, you know what, we don't, we want, we want to walk all over our competition, so to speak. All right. So what is going to happen here is they've had competition. Hubson's come out with a Zeno. Um, there's a, um, I forget who, uh, Dustin did another review on another drone. I think it was called the Z8. Um, I forget who the manufacturer was with that. Uh, show me, I think a Z8, you know, all these drones are coming in this 299, 399 price segment, which is really kind of nipping and eating away at the spark. So that's why I think there's a sense of urgency for them to get this out. Um, you know, it's not necessarily, you know, the, the number of sparks that they have to sell to get the kind of profit that they would sell from selling a Mavic 2 Pro or Zoom. I mean, you know, it, you probably have to sell what, five to 10 sparks to get the kind of profit you would get from selling one Zoom or one, one Mavic 2 Pro. So, you know, the, the profit point isn't there, but it's like, because of the price point, you're gonna sell those and you're gonna sell, you're gonna sell lots of those because um, you know, everything else that I've seen right now too, uh, the big box stores, the only color that you can get the Spark now in is white. You can't, you can't find them in other colors right now. And there are some that are dropping the price to some, um, I know um, Idaho's um, quadcopters, Curtis, um, um, or Marcus out in Idaho, he just bought one. And I think he got it off of Banggood for like $259, but it didn't have a controller. He had to go out and, and buy the controller separately. So this is all that I'm, I mean, it's a lot of news that we picked up this week, but um, it's all good. I mean, things are going to come. And I actually, I expect the event um, for this. I don't, I expect it sometime in May. And usually how DJI works their events, what they do is they'll have, um, they'll send out emails at least three to four weeks in advance. And the reason they do this is because they get a number of people, not only from the United States, but from overseas come, come in for these shows. Um, you know, I talked with somebody who was from the Dominican Republic. He was a distributor for DJI down there and he gets his, he'll get his email about a week before say like I would get my email to go to the show. So um, got a lot of good things coming up for DJI right now, guys. Well, which date? Which date? About you think they're going to announce this? I think it's going to be towards the end of May, Roger, because that would fit in with like a two-year kind of a uh, time frame. Because it was May twenty-third, two thousand seventeen, is when they came out with the spark. So um, right around that time, I, I'm really expecting it because summer is going to hit. You know, here in the states, you know, when Memorial Day hits, you know, that's kind of like you know, even though it's not officially as far as like the the calendar is concerned, summer. You know, people equate that with school being out and, you know, I know a lot of colleges are out by then, too. So, you know, that, that kind of starts the summer season. And when starting the summer season, you know, what other better way to kick it off than with a fun consumer drone like the Spark? Yeah, true. Hey, Bill, mm -hmm. I, have, I have a question for you. Sure. <laughs> Since there's, there's a lot of FPV flyers here that come to Canadian Drone Hub. Is there any chatter amongst the people that are in the know about why DJI is very carefully skirting around FPV flyers and not jumping in full bore or 
Is there any thought in that area? Well, that's a good question, Paul. You know, one of the things that I heard, and I know John's on, and, and, and John will probably know a lot of this as well, too. Um, DJI makes a lot of parts that are used in FPV drones. I mean, you could go off the shelves. I mean, if, if you were able to find them, you, you could build yourself one right now, you know, um, as far as getting a kit. It's a, it's, it's a huge segment. It's a huge part of the market right now. But I think the reason that they haven't gotten into it right now, Paul, is they've experienced huge success with the Mavic 2 lineup, the Pro and the Zoom. Um, I mean, these things, they can't keep enough of these in stock. In fact, um, I had to pull some strings to get a, um, you know, a smart controller because um, I wanted to get one for my Mavic 2 Pro because I know it'll also eventually work with my Phantom 4 Pro V2.0. They, I asked DJI support and they said, yes, it will work with it. We just need to do a firmware update. So I think I think the big reason is right now because sales are so good with the Mavic 2 lineup that that's why, you know, that's kind of been on the back burner. But from everything that I've heard from a lot of my contacts is that's something that, you know, it's a huge segment there. It is very popular and it's something that people really enjoy. And I think, you know, DJI is going to get into it. They just got to figure out when the timing is right because, you know, they're right now, you know, the production for the Mavic 2s are just going, they're, they're going nonstop from what I hear because they, they can't, dealers can't keep enough of them in stock. Like if you go to big box stores sometimes, you might, they might have to say, like, if you go to, to Best Buy or Costco, you know, you know, we have some on order. We got some coming in next week is a lot of times is what you hear, which is a good thing. I mean, th that's a win-win for everybody because, um, you know, that also means too, with that is, you know, they're going to be in tune to getting firmware updates on a timely basis for the Mavic 2s out. So, so I think that's your answer for that right now, Paul. I think, you know, we'll see them. It's just a matter of timing. I'd like to add to that if, if, if I could, I think, I think that, I think that Bill is definitely right that DJI is going to look at it, but what he said, especially about the fact that the uh, sales of their current drones, their GPS drones, they're just flying, they're just flying off the shelf. FPV, as much as we all love it, as much as it seems like it's a really big market, and it is, it's it's a big market in its own right. It is probably a unfortunately still a fraction of the gps and aerial photography birds and with such a small niche market it's it's tough for a company like dji to justify dealing with it right now when it's look look you got to think about the barrier of entry too for just just the average person right just to get into fpv You've got to buy these really expensive fat shark goggles. You've got to get a Tyrannus radio. You've got to learn how to program it. And it's not easy. I mean, the DJI stuff is just streamlined. You get it. You get the app. You get the controller. You bind it. You go. You could be up and running in 10 minutes. True. But the, the, the drone, the racing drone stuff, it's almost like you need to be a uh, you need to be like a drone nerd to get, to get it to get it going. You, you know what I mean? I, got I my agree. Call. I think a new person entering the drone arena is going to look at DJI first before they do anything FPV. It's because it's so complicated, or it's 
I don't, I just think a new people coming in are going to look at DJI before they will FPV drones. They just will. You know, probably some other ones along those lines is, you know, I've encountered guys when we were not flying, um, FPV guys, they are fantastic. Um, they are knowledgeable. Like John said, you know, you, you have to be a drone nerd to be able to, to do FPVs. I mean, it really, it, it takes a lot of know-how. It takes a lot of skill. And, you know, and, and I, in the sense that I get now, I, I don't do FPVs. And I think a re big reason for me is, um, you know, I have, you know, sensory. I mean, I, it, it would, it would, it would, it messes with my senses, like with goggles and everything. It's just something that won't work for me. But I know the guys that I talk to, they're passionate, they're diehard. You know, I know John is as well, because we had him on, on, um, on uh, drone therapy recently and we, we talked we spent a whole night talking about fpvs you know it, it takes a lot to do that and and i think john's right i think you know as far as the segment is concerned it is a small segment it is growing but it is a small segment and and, and i think that's one thing that um that i think is is you know the dji will look at eventually but it's just gonna it's just gonna take some time for them Believe it or not, DJ actually did look at it at some point. It just wasn't very popular. Um, Bill, have you ever seen the snail propulsion system or the snail racing system that DJI made? It it's a few it's a few years old now, but if you look it up, they've got racing motors and they had this. They had, we're going to do this whole thing, but it just ended up falling flat. I think they realized that it just wasn't the right time to try to get into that and I, I don't even I don't know I don't know when it will I don't know when it will be yeah that's a that's a real good question you know one of the other pieces of news about DJI that I heard this week is I have a friend named Barry he's a, a photo drone journalist and he's based out of Hawaii and he was recently over in Hong Kong um you know and he was actually over at the DJI store he picked me up a, a couple of t-shirts and sent them to me and he very great guy very knowledgeable he actually knows and he calls him Frank, the owner of DJI. He does know him, um, which was which was real interesting. And the piece of thing news that he shared with me this week was, you know, how many of you guys have heard of the X Dynamics Evolve? It, it's a brand new drone that just came out. Um, you know, I know a lot of reviewers have just gotten them. I know um, Captain Drone Steve, um, he has one. Rick Smith got one. I know, I'm pretty sure Billy Kyle and I know Ken Dono, original Dobo, um, got one, one too. And, you know, one of the things is, you know, it, it reminds you of the Phantom series. Now, there was some talk about, you know, there's been a lot of talk about, you know, we've seen the end of the Phantom line, um, you know, because of the Mavic 2 sales. That's how DJI is going. And, but yeah, and, and, and I do believe that DJI is going to be going to like what I'll call a hybrid right now between, you know, and that's the other strong, that's the other thing that's going to be coming out this year. It's going to be, a, um, you know, a cross between a Mavic 2 Pro and a Phantom 4 Pro, have the Phantom 4 Pro type of camera with a one-inch mechanical shutter on it, um, you know, uh, increased runtime, you know, but still the portability of the Mavic 2. Well, he was telling me from everything that he has heard that because of this X Dynamics Evolve, that, you know, the, the, the word that DJI was using is, you know, it's sexy and it's attractive and it still retains that, that Phantom style type of, quadcopter and and it really attracts a lot of people now some of the things that i've seen with this x dynamics evolve that i think are are pain points 
Well, the first one is, you know, a lot of people, um, I saw uh, Steve Captain Drone do, do a, a flight review on it. It doesn't, it's precision landing is off by at least three or four feet. Okay. It does not, it won't come back and land on your pad like a Mavic 2 or a Phantom 4 Pro. Okay. That's out of the way. The other thing is the runtime on it. The runtime is only 21 minutes. I mean, and it, it, it's also a very big bird and it's very loud. Another, and one of the huge things is there's absolutely no obstacle avoidance on this drone. Um, so if it's coming at you, you need to get out of the way. Now, it does have LIDAR, which means you could fly it a foot off the ground and it's going to stay a foot off the ground. It's not going to go up and down, but there is no obstacle avoidance. And the big thing right now is this. It's $2,500 US and it doesn't have the camera on the Mavic 2 Pro is better than the camera on that, which is $1,500. Now, they did say that this is a drone that will, it has a, a camera can swap out, say like on an Inspire 2 type of drone. But, you know, you're looking at at least another thousand to fifteen hundred dollars whenever they come up with these new cameras to put them in. So, you know, at twenty five hundred dollars. And the other thing I've heard from some other reviewers is it does not handle wind very well. I know when Steve had it up for his flight, it wasn't very windy. But that's one of the other things that I heard. So, you know, they have a lot of fine tuning to do with this, especially on that price point. And, you know, it's not a collapsible drone. It's something and I think it's it's bigger and it. I think it weighs about six pounds. I mean, that's that's a heavy drone, and and it's very loud. So yeah, it's piqued some interest with DJI because of its design, its looks. Um, it's an attractive drone, but I think you know, the the best thing about that is that they have this con the controller that's with that is enormous. Now it has a Qualcomm processor like you would see like in a state of the art Samsung phone. It, it's it, it's state of the art. This controller is is like you know, 22nd century, it's fantastic, but it's big and it's bulky again, like the drone, um, gets a lot of information on it. Um, you see a lot of things on there and it looks like, you know, it, it looks cool, but I think the big thing is, you know, that camera and the price point right now would not make it attractive to a lot of people. Yeah. It's true. Getting, getting so expensive there is just, it's ridiculous. Uh, it's only the big companies can buy them. The, yeah. the other thing, the other thing you were saying is that, and I, I think I caught this. You're saying that it's not really completely polished yet either, right? From what you're telling me, see, right there, that already makes me worried about its future because of how much money they want. And I, I don't know how you feel, but I feel like with an unknown company, and it doesn't matter if it's a toy drone, it doesn't matter if it's a racing, a bind to fly racer, or anything like that. The first impressions are everything, especially when it gets sent out to all these all these YouTubers, you know, because that review video is going to be there for a long time as it is. And that that's it. So everything that doesn't work, people are going to see it. And people are not people looking for this thing are not necessarily going to see. Oh, it was updated eight million times. I mean, look at all the Xeno videos out there that are showing all the mess ups with the Xeno that don't even necessarily apply anymore because they've patched it and patched it and patched it, but they're all over the place out there now. So yeah. John, I, I would agree with John and Bill. It's, it's a, it's an intriguing looking futuristic drone, but if you're going to bring something out in the 2,500 plus price range, it better damn well provide everything that you want to provide, not say, well, we're going to fix things in the future. That'd be like Ferrari bringing out a Testarossa and saying, 
got a little miss and, and the brakes aren't quite right. We'll, but we're going to fix that eventually. Paul, Just Paul, is, Paul is Paul is right on and. I want to also say, you know, is anyone tired of that in the just the drone industry and electronics in general? Like, what these companies they think that they can just release this stuff, and I guess unfortunately some people will just buy it. They will buy it broken, and they use the customer as the beta tester. I really, really wish that would stop in not just the drone world, but consumer electronics as a whole. It John's really, right. really sucks. You know, um, I don't know if you guys saw this or not, but. Samsung came out with a foldable phone and its price points around $2,000. And they had a big news about it this week where um, apparently they're having issues with the screen folding and it's cracking. And th there you go. John's right because, you know, we're, we're, we, we act, the, they're, they're, they treat us a lot like, um, you know, the consumers as beta testers and it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be like that. And, you know, and John's right, especially, you know, drone industry and tech industry, you know, we're we're not beta testers, you know. When I get a product, you know, and, and here's this, I'll, I'll 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 say this. When I got my Mavic 2 Pro, I knew that that thing was going to work right out of the box. Okay, I knew within reasonable satisfaction when I charged that battery up and I did make sure the firmware updates were out there, you know, and I and I clicked those control sticks down. I knew that thing was going to take off, and I knew I was, you know, really not going to have any issues. Although. I was the one that ended up finding out that they didn't have precision landing when it almost hit the roof in my very first video. I, I remember that. I saw that, you know, and, you know, but, but that was a little glitch. And see, the thing with DJI is, you know, they jumped on that right away. And within a matter of weeks, that was taken care of, which, you know, for a large company like DJI, kudos to them. Now with, you know, and another example on a drone is the Autel Evo. Now, the Evo is a great drone, and Autel's big pain point with me was I had the X Star Premium. Was they their, their software up? Their hardware is fantastic. Their software leaves a lot to be desired. It didn't take days or weeks. It took months to get out software updates, which is you know I'm sorry. You put out a consumer product like this, you got to have tech support to back that up, and they and they didn't at the time. They're much more responsive with the Evo now, but it still is taking time and there's still issues that they're still working out. So, you know, your marketing and your tech support need to be in line with one another. And I think that's where that's where the point that is missing with a lot of these companies. And I think even with Samsung, I think Samsung was anxious to get this phone out. And, you know, they probably knew they probably had found this out there, but they said, you know what, maybe it's a minor issue. You know, maybe people will gloss over it. We won't have to worry about it. Let's get it out there, and then you can see what just happened this week. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I saw that about the Samsung folding phone. When one of my friends was saying, oh, it looks so cool. I told them, I'm not touching that with a 10-foot pole. I'm like, let someone else be the beta tester. And then sure enough, it's breaking, and it's bad already. So, you know, um, talking about DJI and, and whatnot, you know, DJI, because they're so big, you can at least trust them for the most part to address the problems and the issues that these drones have. Like, God, I remember when the Mavic Air came out and it was shaking in cold weather. Does everyone remember that? Oh, yeah. Stuff like that makes me stuff like that makes me wonder what the test process is that they could possibly miss something like that. Everyone's Mavic Air was just shaking if it was too cold outside. But at the end of the day, you know, they solved it. It took them, it took them what, a, a week and a half or so, and then they finally solved it. But then 
you know, Autel has taken forever to patch some stuff. And I, I really love, I don't have an Autel, but I love what Autel is doing. Um, they're really trying to be, they're really, they're really trying to match DJI in terms of uh, price and performance. But I do wish that they were more responsive when it comes to software issues and fixes to things. They really dropped the ball at some point with the X-Star Premium. They really did. Oh, wow. <laughs> 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 your, your, your mic went haywire. <laughs> My microphone? Yeah, yeah John, John yeah, when I you stood to... up, you stood up, we heard everything. It's not you sound like a broadcast system. <laughs> oh my god. I don't know what's going on with this laptop. It could it's probably the laptop. Next time I'll get the snowball microphone. I'll still well, you know, um, John John's right. One of the other things with Autel is, you know, they were um, you know, they debuted the Evo um at NES or or, at, or not NES, I'm sorry. Um CES 2018 and they showed all the models and they said, well, you know, there was a prototype with a one inch sensor, you know, in here. And it was, it was January, 2018. Well, you know, um, yeah. they applied for their FCC grant ID, which usually that means, you know, and they have an expiration date on it and, and it was kind of open-ended and I'm like, Oh, okay. Cause I went out to the FCC database. Well, we didn't see the Evo until June. And, you know, here's my thing with things like that. When you announce a product, it should be ready either immediately or within 30 days. Okay. You don't, don't string the consumers along. And I know a lot of people were getting ready to chunk money down on it, put deposits on it. And there was such a big hubbub about putting deposits and who was in line and who was going to get one and all this. And the other, and the same thing has happened kind of again with them when, you know, they came to, they came to um, CES 2019 and, you know, they showed some, there's a, there was a, a battery charging hub they have a um, router hub, for lack of a better term, so you could be able to display your um, Evo's display on a big screen TV. There are some other accessories. They, and this was in January, guys, and, and we're getting on, on the cusp of hitting May, and it's still not out there yet. I mean, you know, it, it, when you say something's coming, you need to either have it available immediately or within 30 days at the most, and, and they're dropping the ball on this. And the other thing is, you know, there were some reviewers out there at CES that asked them, you know, point blank, are you guys coming out with this Evo with the one inch sensor? And they said, we'll be, we're, we're, uh, we're constantly looking to improve our fleet. You know, you got, you got the typical BS response from, from, from their reps. You know, they really weren't, they were very evasive in what they say. And I know one of the other things too, one of the big guys who was, who was head of their customer service. He left Autel. I don't know where he ended up going, but um, but he ended up leaving them. So you know they got to get in tune. Their, their marketing needs to get in tune with um, with the with their production and 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 get these things ironed out. Or you know um, DJI will squash them like a bug. Well, you know the the other thing too is uh, Bill is that all these other companies seem to want to nip at the heels of DJI. I mean that's all they're focused on is like how can we do it better? How can we but yet, DJI went through a similar situation. Remember when they announced the Mavic series? And th there were people that were ordering them crazy, and they didn't get them for like 60, 90 days after they did put in their pre-orders because DJI didn't think it was going to hit that big. And they learned when they brought out the Mavic 2, it's like, boom, you order it, you got it. Yeah, because I know exactly what you're saying, Paul, because I waited 
I didn't get mine until January, January 2017, because it came out October 2016. I waited till then to get it for that simple reason. And there was a distributor here in Florida. I got it the next day, you know, where the, I know these guys 30, 60, 90 days were waiting for them. And it was just a huge pain point. So, yes, DJ, you're right, Paul. DJI did learn their lesson because when I ordered my Mavic 2 Pro, I got mine yeah. within a week. I mean, it was it was on my doorstep. I mean, no questions asked. For DJI, it was a long time coming for them to learn their lesson with a lot of stuff. I mean, people people yeah. forget about the some of the stupid stuff that went on, even with the original Mavic Pro, right? The first batch took forever to ship, and there was, a, and then when they did ship, there was like yellowing of the camera. If anyone remembers that, that was a whole other fiasco. I remember when I first bought my Mavic Pro, I wanted to make sure I was getting a Mavic Pro manufactured in. The month of March or February, because I didn't want any Mavics manufactured before that. Because if you got one of them, it was a good chance you were going to get one of them with yellow camera or some other production first production run defect. So, you know, DJI has definitely learned from that too. You know, one of the other things that I saw, thought was very funny was um, there was a guy who put out a video, and um, you know, the Mavic Air was the first DJI drone to have. Um, internal onboard storage. Um, so, you know, in case you forget your SD card, you know, you're not, you're not lost. You're not host. Well, um, this one guy, on the, when he got his Mavic Air, instead of going in there and just clearing out storage and everything, he decided to take a look. And here they were testing the cameras in, in, in the Mavic Airs. And there was footage of the factory inside, inside Shenzhen of them moving the drone from station to station. And I just thought that was just, that was just the absolute coolest thing. Well, what I did was I asked him, I said, could I use this? And he said, sure, absolutely. So I copied it and, and I, I, my video is still out there. Well, DJI asked him to take his video down. They never asked me <clears throat> to take mine down, but he told me, he said he was given, given a very strong and, and um, reward to do that. So he got compensated. So there was actually got a peek inside the factory and what it looks like because it's so, you know, th their process is there. Um, they, they don't really like to have a lot of people tour their factories and they're, they're really kind of, um, you know, secretive, secretive yeah, uh, about that whole process, which I thought was interesting because you get a peek inside there. And what it reminded me of is, and you guys probably, you know, if, if you're, a, as old as I am, you remember taking a look when they were building the, the capsules that were going to the moon inside these white rooms and everybody having the having the white hats on and, and the gloves and how it was a dust-free environment. I mean, that's exactly what you saw there. You, you saw this, um, you know, it was a pristine environment. It was clean. Um, you know, uh, people wearing gloves. I mean, you know, they're very careful with these electronics. And it was really interesting to see that process. And I still have that video up with that as well. Oh, one of the things um, last weekend... Normally, I don't do a lot of what I'll call cinematic videos on my channel um, where I just go out and fly for fun because it's just, you know, I, I do I do a lot of tutorials, which is, which is good. and A lot of people like them. So um, last week I met up with um, one of the other bucket list boys, Ron Brown, and we went down to one of the beaches here in Florida where he and his wife were staying. They were about an, it was about an hour away for us, which was great. And there was an abandoned fishing pier. And we, I had a absolute total blast going out there and filming that. And 
um, taking the Mavic 2 uh, Pro out there. And we just, I mean, uh, it, it was great. And I have another video coming up with that. Um, I did some hyperlapses of the sunset that night, and they came out fantastic. Um, and I also did something with a hyperlapse I never did before was I flew towards the sun, but the speed was set at about one and a half to two miles an hour. So it's really slow and it's going to be a great video. I'm going to be getting that together here in the next couple of days and getting that out. But, um, it, it was a lot of fun and I'm going to try to get out more and do that. It's just, you know, you know, when you work full time, you only have weekends to really be able to go out and fly and do things. And a lot of times, you know, I'm doing my, you know, tutorials in my series and I don't have a chance to go fly for fun. Well, I jumped at the chance last weekend. We did that. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm Ron, Ron's actually thinking about moving down to Florida. And, and Ron, if you see this, I really hope you do move down to Florida because absolutely had a blast. And Bill Thomas was saying um, he was possibly going to be vacationing in Florida sometime this year, too. So I would definitely look forward to getting together with him because you know, we have a great show. We have a lot of fun on drone therapy. Um, you know, bucket list boys, you know, we're all the same age. And, you know, if you watch towards the ends of the show sometime, we'll, we'll probably digress to talking about concerts from the seventies or cars from the seventies. And, um, we just have a good time. We, we just have an absolute, a lot of fun. You know, I know we had John on recently and, you know, John's a great guy. We just, we just had a, had a blast with him and, um, it, it's a, it's a great time. We have a lot of fun. We thank you guys for watching us. Yeah, so uh, Coastal Jones is on. Give, give you time out there, Bill. Yeah, it's on 8.30 on uh, Wednesday nights, 8.30 Eastern on Wednesday nights. Um, we're on. My show's been on Tuesday nights at 8 o'clock Eastern, and um, I, I, I've been doing – got a real nice compliment. Curtis Dart, who runs the Drone Owners Network, who's on um, Saturdays at um, 6 p.m. Eastern, um, he does a fan. He said, Bill, he says, you're a one man band. You do most of that stuff by yourself. You know, you do your production, you do your editing, you do everything. And he says, you do fantastic. He says, I could never do that. He has, he has, he works with a number of people besides Randy and Tommy Polo, um, you know, to put together, um, great, the great shows that they do. And, um, you know, for me, it's, it's really not that hard. You know, I find my clips, I find what I'm going to do. You know, I, I type up an agenda for the night and we go over it. And um, usually when I have guests on, I, I get I get some good views. Well, um, when I had Rick Smith on from Joan Valley, um, that was my highest watched and highest ranked um, episode that I've had on since I've been doing them for two years. Um, I've had over 600 views on that. Um, unbelievable comments on it. People like Rick is such a great guy. If you guys ever get a chance to, to meet him in person, please do so. He is just, he's as great as you see on his videos. I absolutely, both Valerie and I, we, we've, we've met him at least several, at least three or four times. Um, you know, every, every time is fantastic. And, and it's just, it's great talking to him, especially off camera. I mean, you know, he's the same person off camera as he is on camera. He's just, he's very likable. He's very friendly. And um, I, I just really enjoy getting together with him. He's supposed to be coming down back down to Florida soon. His daughter, works in in the orlando area so um so that'll be that'll be nice to get together with him again we always uh, great time flying with him he's got I, I in fact he gave me the chance to fly and this is something else i wanted to talk about and it kind of reminded me was the parent and Afi. they came out with their um thermal drone this week and um you know it's created a lot of news about that but i actually got to fly rick has an anafi and i got to fly that and it really impressed me out of the gate. Um, its size, its portability, 
Um, you know, the app was great on it. But the thing that re I really liked was how responsive this drone was. You know, when you're flying forward and you take your you take your finger off that stick, it almost comes to a complete dead stop. And that's because of how light it is. And the camera being able to rotate 180 degrees like that, your field of vision on that was just insane. It was it was off the charts. And with their new firmware updates that they've done, there's been a resurgence. And I know um, some places, I guess Amazon, you could pick one up this week. I and mean, I don't know if it's still on sale. And I was like $450, which is crazy considering, you know, they were originally like, what, $650, $700. Um, so, yeah, that, that's another drone that I think people are, are kind of starting to take another look at because they're coming out with the Anafi Thermal, which is they're, they're going to retail that for $1,900, which they're aiming that at the Mavic 2 uh, Enterprise Dual. And I actually had a chance to test the Dual for a few days. It was on loan to me from um, Florida Drone Supply. And while I was impressed with it, um, with, with the thermal function on, from the FLIR, um, the, their regular camera leaves a lot to be desired. It wasn't even as good as, you know, people said it was the camera, almost similar to the one that was on the Zoom. I'd say it was it, it was not up to even par on that one. It was it's a it's it's a great tool for first responders, uh, for firefighters, but um, you know, in, in terms of of being able to, for practical use for um, you know for fun and enjoyment, you know, that's not the kind of drone you're going to get cinematic and do great aerials with. That's the kind of drone that's that's geared toward first responders. And I know a lot of people went out there there and bought them. Now it also has the same options as it does with the enterprise. Bill, Bill, um, I, I've heard rumors amongst the uh, first responders that, that they're being told that maybe in the next year, they're going to come out with a enterprise dual zoom. They're going to replace that other camera with the zoom camera and have the thermal. That would be perfect, Paul, because, you know, um, one, one of the things, that, that that is always that, that I've said about that was you know with the enterprise uh, um, th themselves you know it has that zoom camera which is fantastic which is what you need and I actually tried that loudspeaker and that loudspeaker is very loud it's very clear so you know um, you know and, and I know and I saw a film um, or I saw a video they used it in New York City in a hostage situation and. Um, you know, they helped alleviate the situation with this and were able to, you know, first responders, which I think is great. And that you, and you're right. They need to come out on the duel with a camera like that, because, you know, what happens is you can combine both of the cameras when you're with the duel. I didn't have a lot, a lot of chance to play around with this, but you can combine them so you can actually see the outlines and shapes of things when, when you're doing that, when it's not just strictly on, on the FLIR image which is nice if you're looking at it, you know, if you're trying to find, say, a lost person to do search and rescue. But, you know, the way it is right now, it's not very detailed. But, boy, if they combined that Zoom camera with that, Paul, that would be absolutely fantastic. And, and I, I agree with you 100%. Bill, I, I don't know if you know this or not, but I have both enterprises. I have the regular enterprise and I have the dual. And the, I, I agree with you. If that dual had a zoom like on the on the enterprise they let it be a home run it is it, you're, you're right and you know and, and you figure you know a lot of people were, were were balking about the price point you know but but i said you know i was telling everybody and trying to remind people i said you know this isn't aimed at consumers here guys all right this is aimed at organ first responder organizations and, you know in a lot of your smaller first responders in more rural areas 
could be able to afford something like this more easily than a thirty thousand dollar matrice. Um, yep. you know, you, getting something like it's it's a tool that's all showing how you know it, it saves lives like that. And if you guys want to get a chance to, um, you know, I talked at length uh, about this with Romeo Dersher, um, who I had on one of my shows on Tuesday night. Romeo is a fantastic guy. He's he he is he was one of the best guests I think that I've ever had on from outside of drone reviewers. He's incredibly knowledgeable, friendly, and you know that's his whole thing. He's director of public safety integration for DJI, and you know he was all about um, you know having you know he told me a stat which was incredible that over the last what um, year and a half, two years, I think drones have saved um, probably uh, 125, 150 people around the world. And, you know, like I said, that's 150 people that get another day to live, which I think is, is fantastic, you know, you know, because we, we see so much bad out there. You know, we see more, most recently a juvenile was, they caught him flying a drone over Fenway park over in Boston. And it was a Phantom four pro and you know what they're, they're going to do and how they're going to press charges, who knows. But, you know, we hear a lot of stories like that. We hear about the incidents at Gatwick and in New Jersey, you know, and, and all these other things. You know, I like hearing these and I will always. That's one of the things I, I go out on Twitter every day is I'll use that hashtag drones for good. When I see things like what they did, for example, DJI drones were used over the fire at, in, in Notre Dame um, over in Paris. And it helped first responders out there. So, you know, again, you know, drones for good. You know, that's a, that's a thing that, that I really like to get out there and tell people about is, you know, don't, don't focus on these stories a lot. You know, when you see these juveniles pulling a, a stunt like they did over Fenway Park, focus on, you know, these stories about people that were lost that are getting found. Focus on how the first responders used um, drones for good and being able to assess a situation at Notre Dame and get that taken care of quickly. Um, or that could have been a real, just unmitigated disaster over there. Oh, God. Uh, yeah, let me say, let me say something else too. You were talking about the Gatwick incident and the recent incident with the drone in New Jersey too. Um, everybody's definitely has to be careful with like the news that they come across because there's a lot of there's a lot of fake news when it comes to the drone stuff. And uh, the police have even like admitted that there may not have than any drone at all at Gatwick and all that was such a I've which is terrible because all that was such a mess so many people's holidays were messed up because of something that honestly may not have even happened according to what I read and even in New Jersey when they were talking about that drone setting at Newark Airport recently that wasn't actually confirmed no no one could actually confirm it and there's just so much of that and it's really killing the image of, of drones. So the more positive stuff that we can get out there, the better for everybody. But with stuff like that, with stuff like that, it, it feels terrible just reading it because yeah. that's the news that the average person gets more than the good stuff. Yeah. That, that's, that's actually a problem with the whole news cycle. But that's another issue. Like all the bad stuff gets more views than the good stuff does because it's the, the bad stuff sells. That's just my opinion. We well, know. I, I put out a video, and I don't know if you guys have seen it or not. It was from the University of Dayton did a test, and I think it was a Phantom 3 that they took, and they put it in this they, – they, they projected it against a Mooney M200 aircraft. Now, they shot it out of this device, for lack of a better term, at over 200 miles an hour, all right? And, and, and I just – first of all, when I heard that, I laughed because, okay – 
um, you know, we all know that the top speed on a Phantom Three was pro or advanced. Mm -hmm. you know? Okay, so you know that that was ridiculous right off the bat. And number two, the other thing is, let's say you know Amuni's coming in on approach. Now, you know, I'm not a private pilot, but I do have some knowledge about that. You know, most of them fly at what five, six, seven thousand feet. Ten, they're under ten thousand feet planes. Okay. Mm -hmm. so, Drones, number one, they're not going to be up at that altitude, all right? You know, no. that, that's not going to happen. The other thing is if they're coming in on an approach, you know that flaps are down, they've reduced speed, they're trying to land, okay? So if a Phantom 4 or a Phantom 3 is coming along, it's not going to be coming along. At two, that, that impact is not going to be real. It wasn't a realistic scenario. I get my views shot off the charts with that. But most, and my whole thing was that this, was University of Dayton never really responded to, to anything. I, you know, I asked them questions. They never got back to me. You know, this was not a real world test. This was, again, you know, um, you coined the term that John, you know, it, it was more along the lines of fake news because the fake news sells and it gets people, it gets people looking at things like this. And, and I talked a little bit about this with Romeo. You know, I talked about, you know, not only incident Gatwick, but the one in Newark where these pilots said that they saw them. And, and I'm like, okay, guys, all right, you know, realistically think about it you know you're on approach you're coming in you're slowing down and and, and you're seeing drones up in the air at at what two or three thousand feet i mean you know I mean, come on here i mean you know let's let's be realistic about this you know because you know it's not you know don't don't create something where there isn't and, and you know that's one of my my parents god bless them you know one of the things that they always say you know don't make something out of nothing. And, and that's exactly what's happening here because it sells. Bill, Mike, I've got a question for you. That, I mean, you couldn't have said it any better. Uh, I'm, I'm just tired of seeing all these drone sighting reports, drone sighting, and, and the X-Jet channel, um, Bruce, he does great breakdowns whenever anything like this happens because he really digs into that. I don't know if you guys have seen uh, Bruce over at the X-Jet channel. And he he did a he did an awesome video on this on the whole Gatwick incident, and it's just really unfortunate because us as what whatever kind of content you produce as a as a drone enthusiast, you know, how do we deal with this problem when news like that spreads like wildfire and it it hurts the image of drones in just seconds. I, I don't really know what to do about it. It's uh, what I'm afraid is that what I'm afraid of is it's just going to keep happening more and more and more until finally they just use it as ammo to regulate everybody out of existence. That's Kim, what I'm afraid of is Kim, the end you're game. Up. Kim, you're up. It, oh, go ahead, Kim. Because the snowball effect. With that, mm -hmm. I'm getting no. mm -hmm. Uh Mike Kelly had a question for Bill a while ago. Uh, I want to try and find it. Okay. Uh, is the dual controller mod the only update for the version 0.400? Yes, that was the only. That was the only update. You know, in um, you know, when I heard that come out, and, and that's great. Now, see, you know, what a lot of people, and I actually put out the video. I actually put out and, and posted the link for um dji's tutorial on doing it with the mavic pro because they didn't want to do one on the mavic 2 pro but it's the same way to get it to get both the controllers hooked up now you know what's interesting about that update is 
I mean, they said they did some, it was just some very minor stuff, the other stuff, but that was the major part of that update. Well, you know, one thing for me is, I mean, original Dobo put out a great video about it and, and, and he did talk about it at length, um, Ken. Um, but, you know, one of the things for me was, you know, is, you know, this is great if you're in a two-person operation, if you're doing, if you're using this to say, um, you know, if you're doing a real estate shoot or if you're doing roof inspections or if you're, you know, um, just trying to get, you know, you, you need another person to work the camera and you want to fly the drone. Okay. That's what this is perfect for. I mean, it's, it's kind of gearing it towards like the Inspire 2 where you have the two controllers and one's operating the aircraft. The other one is operating the camera, you know, and it's the same instance here, which I think is a good thing. You know, for most consumers, you know, it, it's not, it, it's, you know, when, when I'm out there flying for cinematic for, for my own fun, boy, would it be nice to have somebody to do that? Yeah, it absolutely would be nice. But you know what? You know, for what I want to do and for even for my cinematic stuff, I, I can get it done by myself. Now, you know, if you're in business, you know, if you have a partner with you, um, you know, absolutely. It would, be, it would be fantastic. But for most consumers out there, you know, it's not, it's not an update that's going to mean a lot. However, you know, this is going to be also applicable to this DJI smart controller as well too, with the Mavic two. So, you know, that that's interesting because, um, you know, I've got one coming and I'm real anxious to get it. And, um, cause I've heard, I've heard so much good about, it. I have a friend over in the UK who, um, he actually did a video and I posted it on my channel because I didn't, um, you know, they weren't available in the States yet and he got it and I wanted to get a video out about it. So he did actually did a review sent it to me on Dropbox and I posted it on my channel and um, he absolutely loves it. And from everything I saw, I just loved it as well too. You know, a lot of people are knocking the smart controller because of the size, but I'm saying, you know what, you have everything right there. You don't need, you don't have cables to hook up. You know, you can get your drone in the air in seconds. And one of the other things that I saw this week was, and this may be of interest to you, I don't think uh, to you, Paul, is that they're working on getting it ready for the Enterprise series because, you know, for first responders to be able to get that up there, you know, seconds really do mean lives. And if they can, you know, pull up in their truck, you know, get the drone out, you know, the props are already on, batteries in, you fire up the battery, you turn on the controller, you're good to go. I mean, you don't have to have to get your, your iPad out, get a cable, hook it up, you know, fire everything. It's it's good to go. You're ready to, and you're up in the air in seconds with something like that, which is fantastic. So, Bill, I left it. Oh, sorry, I had a question for Bill for when he gets that set up. Um, I was wondering if the pri say the primary controller flies out of range, and the secondary this person with the secondary controller is somewhere else. Will the secondary controller pick up? after the primary controller disconnects that's a question that i have because i brought this up on billy kyle's channel that like you could have pilots in two very different far very far away places uh handling the same drone and you could act i was thinking that could actually still be used to do some pretty long distance kind of flying but still stay within the line of sight of a pilot requirement so that was just an idea i had i left a comment about that on billy's channel I was just curious about how that works. Yeah, that's a good, that's a great question, John. That's something, you know, that, that, that I, I would, I would like to find out myself, you know, and one, one of the things, you know, and, and this is a good thing for, for questions like this. And this is what I tell everybody, you know, you know, where I get my, you know, a lot of people say, you know, you got connections with DJI, you have connections. I said, you know what I do guys, I go out to, I, I I'm on Twitter and I go out to DJI support and I ask them and I'll tell you what, if you use, you know, 
you don't go out there and be abrasive with them. If you use, if you're kind, polite, and ask questions nicely, they get back to you and they get back and they respond very quickly because when it's out there in a public forum, you know, they want to get this thing addressed, especially if it's an issue. Um, they jump on it right away and they responded right away. You know, I posted my video about precision landing and I said, you know, I think this is something you guys need to look into because, you know, I almost crashed and they got back to me right away. They said, you know, we're going to team, we're going to work on this, you know, we'll get back to you. And they kept me, they, they updated me on a weekly basis on this, which I thought was, I mean, it just as a regular, you know, I'm a content creator, you know, but you know, not only that, you know, I'm a voice out there and, and I can get news out there about this. And, you know, th that's just ge a general rule of thumb. And this is not only with um, DJI seems to be the most responsive, you know, Autel, um, not so. I mean, you know, probably more on Facebook than on Twitter, but I really like how DJI responds on Twitter. They're very responsive to that. So um, a DJI support, you know, is, 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 is where you find them. So that would be a great place to go out there and ask questions, just like what John said. You know, is this something? And they could, you know, and they'll look at it and they'll let you know. They'll get back to you. They're very good about that. Bill, can I ask a question? Yeah. Um, the Mavic. When you when you start up your Mavic, does it go to a a, a Wi-Fi enhancement box to tell you that your Wi-Fi is weak, that you should update it or improve it? Because the Phantom 3 does that. Every okay. time you open it up, it comes up with a box saying your Wi-Fi is weak, you should update it, blah, blah, whatever. And the reason well, for that is DJI told me that if you find your Phantom, that some guy in the bushes over there with a Phantom controller can steal your drone. Is that yeah, that, that's true. But the thing, thing with this is, with um, the original Mavic Pro, it had OcuSync 1.0, and that's a different, that's a whole different ball game in, in terms of, um, you know, the electronics and as far as radio signals are concerned. I have a, um, a lot of people don't know, and, and I haven't broadcast this, but I'm an amateur extra ham radio operator. I don't have any equipment because at the time I got into ham radio, I also started getting into drones, and drones seemed to take precedence over ham radio. So I sold what little ham radio equipment I had. But what I do know is this is because of that, that OcuSync 1.0 is a completely different system, and it's completely different in terms of, of the signals. Um, and what they did with OcuSync 2.0 is it goes between two different bands, and it checks to see which one has the better signal strength, and it goes with that. And that probably, that's the kind of drone that you're not going to find what you described will take place where somebody can steal a signal. <coughs> it's the same thing with a Mavic Pro. I don't think you're going to have that happen because it's really not Wi-Fi based. It's it's OcuSync 1.0 based, which is it's is it's it's a completely different type of technology. Uh, exactly, exactly, Bill. That's the reason I got rid of my original Inspires because they were running the old <laughs> the old system, and OcuSync was much more secure, and radio interference was happening all the time with my Inspires. And now that I've got the Mavic twos. Uh, and the and the um, enterprise models, I don't get any of that at all. You see, what was real interesting, Paul, and that's a that, that's a great point. Um, you know, when I got my um, Phantom Four Pro V two point one of the first tests that I did with it was now. You know, how how do you test radio signals and and how do you test OcuSync two point was you know one of my big questions, and I and it came to me like a light how I test it is to do a YouTube live stream because. 
when the live stream comes back, that's coming back. You know, it's not a 1080, it's 720, and, and I, everybody understands that. But that is a great test of signal strength. Um, and, and I had my, I had it out to about 1500 feet where, and I realized, you know, I didn't get into the menu. There's a menu setting besides beginner that limits the amount of feet away that your drone can go. And I didn't know it. And it was like set at 1500 feet. So I had to go in there and fix that. But the signal strength, even at 2000. Now I know my videos showed latency on the Phantom 4 Pro V 2.0. Well, I did some other tests with that and I had absolutely no latency with it. But the thing is, you know, and I tell people, don't look at the latency, look at how it is like a 2000 feet away. Can you see that clearly? You know, is it a clear image out there? And the answer was yes. So you know, it's a lot of things. People get confused with, you know, what, well, you know, your video was choppy, you know, there's something wrong with your, with your drone. Guys, you know, I, I had to put a big disclaimer out there. I said, this wasn't from the SD card. Okay. This wasn't taken by the drone. This was, this was from the transmission image that was sent out to YouTube, which is at 720p, and there's going to be latency in it. But don't focus on the latency. Focus on what you see at 2,000 feet when I'm out there, when I'm 2,000 feet away, and, it's, and it's, it, was, it was clear as a bell. It really was. That's true, Bill. That's true. As you can see, it got like this because you're going beyond. It, mm -hmm. The recording is perfect, and you, you would think, that you would see all that break up and all this, but it yeah, happened. yeah, and that's that's one that's one of the things. And, and I'll tell you what, one one of the things that I found out quickly about the Phantom Four Pro is, you know, with the gimbal, you know, I kind of have to tilt that down a little bit if I'm going over twenty miles an hour with it, say, and, and, and I'm starting to get fast because you'll get props in the shots. And one of the, one of the ways, and in, in I have a friend of mine who's a um, he was a um, sports journalist, a photojournalist for NBC Sports for years, lives out in California. Um, he taught me a trick. He said, you know, what you can do is, you know, fly out to the point that you, that you want that you want to go to normally, don't record. But then when you get out there, hit record, pull your stick back and go backwards. OK, because you will never get the props and the shots when you go backwards. And then just in post, whether, you know, Adobe Premiere or whatever you use to do your post-processing, you know, you can easily correct that so it looks like you're flying forwards. He says, he said that way you'll never get props in your shots. Oh, that's cool. Uh, good one. Uh, drone pool, do you have any questions or anything? Are you still here? Oh, it popped out from Oh. <laughs> I think I think he popped out. Yeah. He, was hey, he was having I, an egg sandwich. Yeah. Uh, hey, hey, Bill, I've got one thing. Next time you're eye to eye with Romeo Dersher, just you and you'll and you're a smart enough guy by his response just say how is how is the development of the enterprise duo zoom coming okay and you you will know by his response you know I actually have his email address Paul and I will email him and ask him that question that's a that's a, and you know what he's very good about that and he said you know what to me he told me he said no question is off limits he said no I may say I may not may not be able to comment on it, but he said, ask the questions because what I do when I have guests on my show is I'll send them out a list of questions that I'm going to ask them for the week. I mean, um, you know, I start Sally French was my first guest. Um, I had her on, I've had Billy Kyle on, I have Rick Smith on, you know, I'll send them the questions ahead of time. And it was great was because he was the first one that came back to me. And he said, he said, Bill, there's no question that's off limits. He said, he said, ask away. And he says, you need something um, you know, if you have, have, you know, one of your subscribers or viewers or friends, 
needs to get a question answered, you know, send me an email, ask me, and I'll get back to you. So, Paul, that's yeah. one thing you can count on. He will get back, and that's what he's very good about that. Yeah, because, Bill, when I, when I go out and demo the two enterprises to local first responders and they see the one which is the enterprise with the Zoom and everything, and they say, oh, that's great if we're, we're looking for something, and then I show them the duo, and I says, but here's, here's how you cut through and you get the heat, and you can also use it for fire and everything else. And the first question out of the mouth is, well, how do I zoom that? Well, it's not there. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a great that's great. I will send him an email. And like I said, he's very good, Paul, about getting back to me on that. That's one thing that that I, that I've been real impressed with him. He's he's one of the better people that I've had contact with. Now I have several other contacts with DJI, and they're good, but uh, you know they have a tendency to not get back right away. Romeo usually gets back within at least a day or two with me with that, which I think is great because if you know him, he's all over the place. I mean, you know. He'll be in California one day. He'll be over in Shenzhen the next day. Um, he'll be over in Europe. Um, you know, he he literally. I said, I said, so how many days a week are you actually in your office? He's near, lives near San Jose, and he just laughed. You know, he said he's you know maybe a couple of a couple of days in a week he's in his office, but most of the time he's out on the road. And yeah. what's real neat about him too, Paul, and and I think everybody can get a real appreciation for that when they had those wildfires out in California. He actually went out with the first responders and was flying with them. And they did a lot of surveying of these areas. Now he went out with a Phantom 4 um, you know, Pro RTK, the, the mapping drone, to remap these areas where it's devastated. And he actually said, you know, he had to get debriefed and counseled and stuff because you realize, you know, these areas that he was flying over, these were people's homes and their livelihoods and, and everything. And they were gone. I mean, you saw the street there, but that's all that was there. There was nothing left. It was it was just th this vast emptiness. But um, but these mapping tools are fantastic. And, and you know, he also went out and worked, you know, active wildfires as well. So you know, he's just not a guy who will come out. You know, you know, he walks the walk and talks the talk, as they say. Sure, sure, cool. Jumpel, do you have any questions for Bill? Uh, yeah, I'd like to ask him one question real quick. Um, I was talking with Paul earlier about um, upgrading from the Phantom 3 standard, what he thought would be the best bang for the buck in the Mavic series. But you had mentioned earlier when you were with Ron that you flew the Paradanafi and were kind of impressed with that. Would that be a viable option to upgrade from the Phantom 3 to the Paradanafi? You know, that, that's a great question. You know, for the price point, I don't think you can do it. Now, you know, one of the things with the parent and offy that I tell people about is you have to realize, you know, you don't have any obstacle avoidance on that either. You know, that's a that's a real, you know, that's a pain point with a lot of people because, you know, right. you, you kind of get, it's kind of like, I'll, I'll call it akin to training wheels when you're learning to ride a bike. And, you know, you take the training wheels off, they're not there anymore. They're not going to help you. And, and, and that's the way it is with the Anafi. It's just not there, and they don't have that in there. It does have a, you know, it, you know, as, as far as, you know, controlling it, it is super responsive and super easy to control, you know, and, and but it, it is very light. And, you know, I don't know how it would hold up in a crash, um, you know, and that would be my, own, my only stipulation with that is, you know, it's a drone to look at, especially for the price point. But for me, you know, the safety factor of having, you know, not only obstacle avoidance, but, you know, the Mavic 2, and I think, you know, Paul knows this as well, it has what's called A-pass in it. 
And, you know, th that will, it will fly around when, when you have APAS engaged, it will avoid obstacles on purpose. Um, you know, th there's sensors in, in there to help you with that, the, the, the cameras and everything on board the system. You know, now granted, you know, you're looking at spending, instead of spending $600, you know, you jump up to a Zoom, which is around 1200 you know, but you have to realize, you know, the bang for the buck that you're getting with this. Um, right. You know, and, and, and to me, you know, people ask me, you know, what, what drone do you like more one than the other, the Phantom 4 Pro V2.0 or the Mavic 2 Pro? I say yes. <laughs> you know, I, you know, it's it's like here's my other answer. You have to pry my cold dead hands off of both of them, all right? Because you know those are drones that I'm probably never going to give up or never sell because they're just they're just incredible platforms. It, it, they really are, and and that's the thing is you know when you're looking at a lower end drone, uh, you know, and the Anafi is something you should give consideration to, but for somebody like you who I know is an experienced pilot. I don't see you having a problem with it because you're not on purpose going to be, you know, if you're flying near trees or hills or mountains or things like that, you know, you have situational awareness, you know, where you're at, you know, for inexperienced people, I would say absolutely not get a spark because you're going to have some, some of that capabilities on there. It's at a lower price point, but you do have some of that obstacle avoidance there in some of those sensors and warnings to let you know that, but for experienced pilots and an is a perfect choice. Yeah, and the, and the and the spark is much more rugged. I would say, wouldn't you, Bill? Oh yeah, because like I said, I've seen I've seen people crash their sparks, you know, and within 15 minutes they were back up in the air. They were literally dusting them off, getting dirt out of the props and um in the motors, and you know, getting a can of air dust and blowing away, and good, you're good to go. The only thing uh, I'm really not happy with what I've seen with the spark is the flight time. Yeah, yeah. you know that, that's one of the things. It. You know, you, you can really <laughs> you know expect about you know fifteen minutes, maybe maybe sixteen uh, out of a spark. You know, because you know the the real world test. I think the specs say twenty minutes, but you're never really going to twenty minutes. Is if you take the drone up, put it fifteen feet in the air, and just let it sit there, you'll probably get twenty minutes. But right. you know, with wind speed, you know, air resistance, that kind of thing, that that'll never happen. But it's the same way with the Mavic twos also we're oh, supposed yeah. to get 31 minutes and what we get 27 28 yeah you're right paul i mean you know you, what you see what's advertised is is a perfect real world scenario you know and it, 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 it never have the uh, a perfect scenario and you never see it you know you'll 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 see the 27 which is great because you know when we went out flying last week you know um i i filmed that video that i did um you know flying out to the pier and back and then also doing the hyperlapse i was on one battery and it ended up, you know, I, I got it down to, it was at 20% and it just was, you know, my, my warnings were going off like crazy and it, you know, I hit return to home, but, but yeah, that's, that, that, that's what you're looking at as far as like, yeah. And that's one of the things that I wish they would do with the spark is, is re increase that battery life. The only thing, my big thing about the spark, my biggest negative about the spark is the battery location on it, because I know early on, um, they had some people had some issues with in flight with the battery falling out of the spark. Um, they, were just, they were just shoving them in and not listening for the double click. Mm -hmm, exactly. You know, and they had, battery comes shooting out. Exactly. You know, and people needed to get educated on that, Paul. And, you know, until they got educated on that, it's like, guys, you got to listen for that click. And I mean, you know, th that's something that's on all DJI drones, whether it's a Phantom or a Mavic or, you know, the yeah. arc, there's that double click on there on that battery. You need to know that that's, that, that that's in there. You know, sometimes, you know, even with the double click, does it happen? It can, 
but you know, nine times out of ten, it won't. You know, you get that clicked in there and you get it in there. You know, um, it, it's solid. I mean, I had my spark. I absolutely loved it. Um, you know, and, and I think my thing, my thing with the spark was for me was, um, you know, that runtime. I mean, it, it's a kicker. You're up there. You're getting some great footage. You know, and then you know you, you're hitting the beep 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 beep. You know, you're at, you're a twenty five percent battery, and you got to come back kind of stuff. And it's like, oh man, that's that's so, a kicker. When you're in GPS mode and you're trying to fly with it and you're moving, it is so killer slow. Well, there's a way. Um, you know, I, I don't I don't know if you know this or not, but um, you can adjust the speed on that to get it to get it out of where it's not it's not going so slow. Oh, yeah. um, GPS mode. Um, you, take a look at my channel because I have I have probably have about thirty or forty videos on the Spark that I did tutorials, um, and it's very easy to correct that. Oh, I know that your, when I had, it's, in your, it's in your settings, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's really when, easy. When I flew Rogers for the first time and I went across the road, just going across the road, there was no cars coming. By the time it got to the other side, I was afraid a truck was going to nail it. <laughs> I was worried I was missing for traffic. And I just sat there going, how long is it going to take to get across the road, man? This thing is slow as hell. <laughs> well, guys, I got I gotta, I got some things I got to get handled here. Plus, I got just got over a nasty sinus infection. I had to go to the doctors the other day. And um, they, they actually put me on a second round of antibiotics and, and steroids. And, um, actually I got shots, which kind of surprised me for the first time. I haven't gotten shots in the doctors in a long time, but they weren't the shots in the arm that you normally get. They had to, <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh yeah. That's what I said. It was, it, it was more, it, it was especially noticeable at night when I would roll over in bed. Okay. Oh. <laughs> that long why did they have to strike the bone with it yeah exactly <laughs> i, I want to wish everybody a happy easter have a safe holiday you too great talking with you thanks so much for giving me a few minutes here this morning everybody you guys take care have a good lots care, really great lots of really interesting info so thank you for sharing it great thanks, conversation great seeing all of you take care again i'd like to thank roger and everyone on canadian drone hub for letting me be a guest on their show I'll drop a link in the description so you can check them out if you haven't already. Question of the day, what did you think of this week's DJI update and rumors? Let me know in the comments section below.